With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, boy. He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined by fan... uh, No, well... I'm a fan of the show. I can't... I listen... Uh, you know what? I, I appreciate that. You do say you do, and, and occasionally you tweet retweet it, and I always think it's ironic. I can never quite tell. Uh, that voice that you heard right there, that was Matt Moore. He is of the Action Network. He is a uh, favorite, a fan favorite here in the lounge. Uh, people just get all kinds of excited when they see that I'm talking to, to my good buddy Matt. Um, he does legitimately good, good work at, at the, uh, action network, whether it's for betting, whether it's league information, whether it's it just, just, just about anything. I'm going to Vegas for March madness in a few weeks. And every year that I go, I hit up Matt. I say, all right, who should I be paying attention to? Who's been good this year? And you give me some name from the action network and I ride that person. And last year, you know, Avery got some extra donuts out of the whole thing. Um, how you doing, Matt? How 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 you holding up? I'm good, man. Uh, I got back from India on Sunday. Uh, I always skip the All Star game uh, because it's a colossal waste of everyone's time, and uh, I I do not let them sucker me in to just watching it just because. So I don't enjoy it. So I don't watch it. So I I fly home on Sundays. Indianapolis was great, uh, actually. Um, the celebration of All Star Weekend is actually really cool. All Star Weekend really fun to go to just not any fun to watch on TV. So I, I got back. I'm finally able to be home for a little bit. I'm excited for basketball to start again. Uh, this is a stretch run. I'm starting magic numbers, getting into who's going to win what and and what the odds are. And then we're going to be in the playoffs. It's, it's MVP great stuff. Great stuff. I, I, are, you, uh, are you ready for the, um, I guess the MVP thing won't be as ugly this year because Embiid isn't really going to factor into it. Probably just going to be Jokic. Yeah, so I think unless the Mavs go like twenty two and six down the stretch, maybe Shea. Uh, Shea should maybe get a little more buzz than he's gotten. But yeah, I mean, I think Shea's gonna win. So oh, you I think, think over over yeah, Jokic? I think Shea is the is 
now like i can't i have to stop giving him out because i've literally every single week of the season been like you know that's value yeah Shea Gross alexander and that's like i bet him at, i bet he was the first bad maiden preseason popped down immediately did, mm-hmm. did a big uh, a big bet on him in preseason and bet him again in uh or like in the off season and then again in preseason and then again to start the season and then like every single month so now i actually have to bet Jokic because i'm so over leveraged on sga but uh <laughs> the way to bet mvp right now is whoever you think is going to win the western conference that's how you bet this if you think the wolves yeah. are going to win are going to get the one seed you should bet Jokic. if you think the clippers are going to get the one seed you should bet Jokic. if you think that the nuggets are going to get the one seed you should bet Jokic. If you think the Thunder are going to get the one seed, which I do, you should bet SGA. Because if SGA gets, if the Thunder get the one seed, I think Shea Gillis Alexander uh, is your MVP. Don't bet anybody besides Shea or Jokic. Don't bet anybody else. Why aren't you doing that with Tatum? Not that I care, but you know, why doesn't that matter in the East? The the this will this will make Lakers fans happy. Um, no one believes. You have to be able to credibly say he was the best player in the league that season. You don't have to be right, right? Like, I think, like, there's a lot of LeBron. This is the LeBron problem. Is like, there's a lot of seasons where it's like, well, no, the best player was LeBron. But you could, like, say yeah. that so-and-so was the best player in the league. You could say that and wouldn't be like, well, that's crazy. No one would think it was crazy for most of these guys. They'd be like, no, there's only LeBron and nobody else. There's a couple yeah. of those. One MVP in those seasons. Um with Tatum, no one puts him there. His hmm. numbers don't really stack up because he's not the engine of the offense. And when you look at kind of the collective kind of tapestry of no matter how good Boston is, you don't look at Boston and you go, why is Boston so good? And the first thing out of your mouth is Jason Tatum. You go like, oh, there's so many reasons. Their defense is good and they have so many good players and the way that Tatum fine. plays with everybody else. And also Tatum's really great. And like Tatum probably is underrated in the market, but he's what I call a CLV sandwich where closing line value sandwich. If you could eat closing line value, the difference between what you bet it at and what it closes at num, 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 num. So tasty, but you can't do that. It's like he's 12 to one right now. He may finish third in voting and there may be a big push for him. No one really believes that he's on Jokic's level. And quite honestly, they don't believe he's had the season that Shea has had. Uh, Giannis and Luca are more likely than Tatum to win MVP. The Thunder are also surprising. So like that always expectations going into the season always plays a factor. And with the Thunder, like people thought, I thought the Thunder were going to be good this year, but like for the most part, nobody thought they would factor into the top seed in, in the conference. Good. And, and, and now here they are. Um, you did have a segment that I, that caught my attention earlier today uh, for the action network. Um, and you came off as at least mathematically optimistic about him. I did grab the clip, so I have proof that it exists. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of that here. There's a 50 to 1 in the market at BetMGM. The number is 40 to 1. Give me the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, my God, Matt. Look, man, look. Do this, man. No, 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 no. Look, 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 look. We, w- tell me what is different <laughs> from right now to where we were last year in this exact same spot the team that made the Western Conference Finals? Nothing. Based off of my numbers, I've got them power rated as like the fourth best team in the Western Conference right now. They're... It was kind of a mean move to put like LeBron with gray hair. Like as you make your point, just, just like, <laughs> like that was kind of, that was kind of rude. 
Um, but no, I, I, so before the season, I like to talk to you before the season, um, to ask you how you think people should bet on the Lakers this year. And one of the things that you and I talked about was if you think that they can win a championship this year, don't bet them right now. That value isn't going to be there. Bet them later in the season when you're going to inevitably see some kind of a dip. LeBron like pulls a hammy, AD gets hurt. Darvin Ham forgets who is who, like it, you know, and, and and you know, all of a sudden sees Scottie Pippen standing there when it's Torian Prince. Um, like I thought that you know, eventually there would be better value on the Lakers to win a championship. Now, I personally don't think they can win a championship. I, I just don't think that that is what they can do this season. They have so far to go to be able to prove that that is something that they are capable of. But at forty to one it is still better value than you had at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. And there's actually a 50 to one in, in the market. That's so crazy. that's what I bet it at uh, today. That's tracking the action network app, which you can find wherever you get your apps. Um, so I, I just think that if you, if you look at kind of the value on that, like that's a 1.96% implied chance. 50 to one. Yeah. That's, that's 2% chance. So it, we do this all the time in betting content where we're like, well, there's value on that. And it's like, what does that mean? Okay. So for me, it really is a matter of when I, I have a power rating that's established. I, I use in season numbers uh, to calculate out what I think you should be favored versus an average team on no, neutral court. So imagine mm -hmm. like a theoretical average team, the Hawks, that team uh, on neutral court, how much should you be favorite? The Hawks are actually a little bit below average, but an average team, how much yeah. should you be favored by a theoretical average team on neutral court? The Lakers right now, based off of how they've played over this last little stretch, like it was funny when they were losing, my power rating was never really dipping that much. It was going down, but it never really dipped that much. And like mm -hmm. right now, they I have them as like the fourth best team in the Western Conference at this very moment in time. Now, does that mean that I think they're the fourth best team in the Western Conference? I do not. Like, I do not think they're the fourth best team in the Western Conference. I think right now that they are playing like it. And what I have noticed, and I said this earlier before the IST, where I was like, this team is really great. Like, this team, like, profiles very well based off of the numbers that I care about. I think this team's underrated. And then they lost a little bit, and everybody's like, what are you, blah, blah, blah. And then they win the IST, and I bet them win the title then at 13-1. to 1. And so if I look at this two months later and I go, okay, what's changed? Like what's changed since I bet them in the IST? What's different? No Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt got hurt? Yeah. Like, okay. That's the I biggest thing. I'm just answering the question. Yeah, like I don't care. Like I I mean, I, look, this is really difficult because like I love Vando and I love watching him play. I yeah. think Vando is a really good rotation player. In the regular season. In the regular season. Like I asked guys around the league. I asked, I asked a couple of scouts. I was like, hey, what about the Vando edition? And they're all kind of like, don't really, doesn't really move the needle for us. And I was like, why? And they're like, he's an effort guy. And in the playoffs, everyone tries. And like, look, that's not that like he, what he does isn't, he's, he's not skilled or he's not talented or he's not, like he is. And he will probably evolve into being a better playoff player as he gets more experience. He's still, he's still young. It's just that like losing him doesn't mean I'm out. And when I looked at over the weekend, their record, when they have LeBron, 80 and Rui healthy, their pace is a 49-win team in those games when LeBron, AD, and Rui are healthy. Yeah. And so th that's and worse <laughs> notably than they've been in previous seasons when they've had LeBron and AD. They're not as, like, the the funny what I reason I kind of came around on betting the Lakers was um, I listen to shows like yours, 
and various other good podcasts and follow various Lakers fans. Mm-hmm. And they think that they're like up here. And and like everyone else is kind of like, no, like they're down here. And what I kind of realized is like, this is wrong too. Yeah. Like they're closer to here. Like I think fans are absolutely wrong. But I also think that they're very that they're very live. And some of the stuff I went on to talk about in the podcast was the matchups that they face. Where, yeah, look, I I don't buy into what you should never do is you shouldn't go. They went three and one versus a team in the regular season, so Therefore. they'll beat that team in the playoffs. That is mm-hmm. not how this works. The regular season and playoffs are too different. Schedule, rest, injuries scouting report literally the players will tell you they don't most of them don't look at the scouting reports before the games there's too many games they just Giannis just said it you don't have time yeah right you don't have time like i talked to paul Millsap about this he's like you don't have time he's like you do not he's like you have he's like you play you get on a plane you fly you land you go to sleep you get up you go to shoot around you do through go through conditioning uh, you need to eat your lunch you go to sleep you go to the gym you come to the arena you go through xyz instagram yeah and if you have a day off and you're like, I'm trying to get away from basketball or I'm trying to rest up or I'm seeing friends. He's like, I, there is not time for me to go through and do like a deep dive. He's like now in the playoffs. Yes. And he's like, yeah. I pay more attention to it than most guys because I'm a defensive guy. And that's really what you'll find is the really good defenders in this league. will they will pay more attention to the scouting report. Anyway, that's all why the regular season stuff doesn't match up. But I do think there's something to, when you look at how the Lakers have played the Clippers this year, I think they have some problems with it. And if I think yeah. that Denver isn't as good as last year, which I don't, and if I think that the Wolves and Thunder um, should be favored versus the Lakers, but those are still very unproven environments, there's like a, a bunch of pathways here for the Lakers to make the run that I need in order for this bet to look good. Because like all I really need is for the Lakers to make the conference finals again, and I have a 50 to 1 I can hedge against. And yep. that's a really good position for me betting wise. So when you're doing this, you can go too far. And like, look, I have a lot of positions. I've got I have I have bets on the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Those are the three teams in the Western Conference I have I have title bets on. Um, I haven't had any Wolves or Thunder yet. I'll bet them series by series. We'll see how it goes. I haven't bought in yet, but I do think that the Lakers at this number, this is a good opportunity because I also kind of realized I'm getting them at what's probably the lowest value I'm going to get, or the best value rather, um, the lowest number I'm going to get on them. That yeah. if they go on a run through March and they get this together this number is going to shorten before the playoffs. So that factored into my decision as well. But I do think there's legit value on betting the Lakers to win the NBA title right now. So the way that I would kind of profile the Lakers is that like, if we were to, I, I the, the analogy I used the other day with Aaron was um, remember back in the nineties and you know, for the pro ball, one of the things that quarterbacks used to do is just like get together and throw a football as far as they possibly can. Right. And like Brett Favre would win it all the time because he had the best arm in the in the NFL. Um, but you know, like I wish they would bring it back. I want to see how far some of these guys can actually throw the ball now. But um, I, I I think if you were to if you were to stack the Lakers against like everybody in in the uh, in the league, and everybody had to like throw a football as far as they possibly could, like play their best game and see how far that ball got compared to everybody else. I think the Lakers can play as good a game as just about anybody other than the nuggets. That's it. Um, I, I, I think the, the, the Lakers at their best can throw a, a football that matches up well with just about anybody. And like you talked about, like Minnesota unproven, OKC less proven than even Minnesota. Um, 
the Warriors, I think, you know, are, are, you know, I think we'll probably see them go on a run here on in the second half of the season, but I still think they're too small. They were too small last year and got smaller. And, um, and then, you know, it's just a matter of like, how long can you avoid the nuggets? And, and then how well can you play against the nuggets? And, and I just don't think that the Lakers can beat the nuggets in the series. Like I just, yeah. I just don't see that. So I think I was thinking about this this morning. You might be asking me to come on a couple of things here. One, you're too optimistic. Like, I just need to be very clear here. The Wolves should absolutely smash the Lakers. Should. Like they should smash them. That doesn't mean that they will, yeah. right? All the stuff that, that Lakers fans will have faith in in terms of the aura and mystique will be real. Like the guys will see LeBron and they'll be really shook. Um, and that like that's a thing that will happen. Is like there there is an, an impact of seeing LeBron James and being like, I gotta beat LeBron James four times in the series. Yeah, and like Rudy Gobert will forget how to shoot and, and all that stuff. Like maybe. You know, maybe, but you know, maybe AD goes back to not to not making jumpers. And maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other problem, honestly, like one of your issues, I think, with the Wolves series is just like that is not a D-Lo series. No, mm-hmm. no. I said well, this this morning um, on another one of our live shows that when I gave out the same bet again, that Spencer Dinwiddie is like a huge addition, and they asked me like, what is it that you think Spencer Dinwiddie brings to the Lakers? And I said, not being D'Angelo Russell. So. That's a very valuable skill. They really needed a guy. They the Lakers really needed a guy who had like that specific talent to not be D'Angelo Russell, and he does <laughs> is that, that that's very well. Is like, that specific? Like, yeah, you know what? It's it's a weird like, thing. There's on the a whole bunch of guys who are not seemed, D'Angelo Russell. It seemed like the Lakers were really, you know, they were kind of focused on that about like trying to identify guys that had that specific ability to not be D'Angelo Russell. You know, um, <laughs> I get that they like him and he's played play well over the last month. And maybe he has a great playoffs and shuts me up. His out market wasn't great. Office. His trade market wasn't great. I, I, um, I still like refuse to believe that they kept him because of a few weeks of good basketball. Like I, I it, refuse right? to believe it. Like it's just it. such poor process. So, and I just don't believe it. So like the Wolves should smash you. But on the other hand here, you talk about the Nuggets series. Okay. Um, there is a good and bad way to talk about the last year's series. And I think both sides get it wrong because Lakers fans want like moral credit bonus points for almost winning four times. And mm-hmm. Nuggets fans understandably are like, shut up. You got swept. Like mm-hmm. we swept you. That's what Nuggets fans say. Yeah. And like, I've tried to be like, look, those games were close enough within the margin of error. Like, this is really how I do think about these kind of things. When you have, a, a not talent but if you have a quality disparity between the two teams if one team like and there will be like one team's favored what's the margin of error for that team above how good is mm-hmm. it right and the nuggets margin for error this season is pretty small um in particular denver had really good health last year in the playoffs and in the regular season but if they had if they had anybody get hurt they would have been okay as long as it wasn't yoke they could have gotten by without AG for a game. They could have gotten by without MPJ for a game. They could have gotten by without KCP for a game. And as crazy as Jamal was in those games versus the Lakers, and as dominant as Jamal Murray was, they could have found a way to beat the Lakers without Jamal Murray. It probably They probably lose a game, but they probably could have found ways to beat them. But the question here, I think, is, all right, let's play a theoretical universe, right? We take that series, the first four games of that series, and let's say that you had to play all seven. You had to play all seven. And for whatever magical reason, there was just as much incentive for the Nuggets to win those games as the Lakers. Like the the stakes were the same in every single game. And you did play a seven game series. 
Yeah. What's the over under for how many games the Lakers win if they played seven full games in that series? Knowing that they lost the first four. A one and a half, I'd yes. probably say. That is exactly the right answer. The answer is one and a half, right? But this season, I think it's too flat. It's not two and a half, but it's too flat. Push on a two. And like, that's enough to get you into the conversation where if the Lakers were to steal game one or game two in uh, Denver and were to steal game three or game four in LA, and it is two, two heading in the final three games of this, of the series stuff can happen and you can yeah. find ways to win that, win that series. The point here I'm trying to make is that the, the nuggets had a very wide margin of error. And that's why they swept the Lakers last year is that yeah. even when things didn't go right, they just had, to, they were just better in so many ways that they were able to win the, win that series 4-0. That is not the case this year. Denver's not mediocre. There's, I still think that they have the most championship equity in the NBA. If you ask me right now, I'm going to put, I'm going to put money on one team to win the NBA right now and nobody else the rest of the time. Who should I bet? I would be like, you should bet the Denver Nuggets. That's who you yeah. should bet. But the margin is slight enough that I do think that, that the Lakers are legitimately live to be able to make a run. Now, I do think that there's a chance that the Clippers could wind up being better over seven games. I do think there's a chance that like the thunder could dig themselves a hole and then get out of it. I do think there's a chance that like, I don't like the Dallas matchup for the Lakers. I think that's a tough one. Like Luca mm. brings it versus the Lakers. And I think that's a pretty tough matchup for them. I don't like that combo at all. Um, the Suns I like a lot better. I think the I think the Lakers are live versus the Suns for a number of yeah. reasons. Um, but the point here is, is mostly that, the Lakers sit down here in the play-in tournament. And to be clear, um, I have them power rated as the fourth best team, but because there's so few games left, I have them finishing still eighth in the West. That's still where I have them because it's really hard to make up ground right now. It's yeah. Just, it's just hard to make up ground and you need these other teams to start sucking. And I don't know if they're going to. So right now I have them as the eighth best team. And then you have to make another play-in tournament run. But there's also a very good chance that if they get into the play-in tournament and it's going to be either seven or eight they'll face either the Thunder or Wolves. And now all of a sudden, as much as those teams are better, now it's like, oh, LeBron's got another 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 way to the conference finals here. And that's very yeah. exciting, I think. Yeah, I, I like I said, I would consider them underdogs against just about anybody. But can you win four times? Like, so essentially what I did when I was betting the, the Lakers last year was, can I see a path? Can I find a path, right? Can you steal game one? Because remember last year, like they basically had to play hard every other game. And so like, and so like, it was, it was like, all right, so can you steal game one? And then in both of those series, they stole game one. All right. You're on path. You're on schedule. Can you keep it competitive in game two or even possibly steal game two? Right. Um, They never stole game two. They kept it relatively competitive. And then, and then they kind of went home and it's like, all right, now game three becomes absolute must win. You got to win this one. And they would go out and they would win game three. And game four was kind of a wild card, right? Like, can you can you win a game four here? Maybe, you know, and I wouldn't. I, I and, and so essentially, like, with, with especially those first two series, I saw a path there and I bet the path. And, um, and I stayed on schedule for all those paths. And then against the Nuggets, I, I just didn't see a path. I just thought, and especially once they lost game one, once they lost game one and they had to play two games in a row um, hard and they couldn't take any more games off, 
that made me really nervous against them. And, and like you said, the Nuggets just had a lot more margin for error. And I think with the Nuggets this year, I think Bruce Brown is a big loss. Yep. Um, Christian Brown hasn't been as good as I think nope. they thought that they was, he was going to be nope. coming into this year. And, you know, Peyton Watson is a really good story. I think he, he looks like a playoff role player. Like I, th- I could see him impacting a playoff series, at least defensively. So that I think kind of makes up for it a little bit. I, I always kind of chuckle when people are like, they, you know, one guy that they, an underrated guy they might miss is Jeff Green. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like he, you know, he's, he, he has indeed played playoff games before, but I think Peyton Watson can do a lot of those things. And I, I'm sorry that I'm making fun of it. Like as I'm Jeff, uh, it, Jeff Green is a big loss to you. Like, ah, I don't see it. I think Bruce Brown is a much bigger one. And Christian Brown not stepping up into that role is, I think, a much bigger planned loss. But yeah, I, I, I Denver, Denver has certainly come back to the pack, and I'm, I'm really kind of curious. You're, you're there in Denver. What's the vibe like there? Like, do, do there was, there was dynasty talk coming into this season. There was like, like there was, there was, you know, this could be the, 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 the next great team that rips off however many championships in a row and stuff, whatever. And I was like, can we, can we go like back to back before we talk dynasty stuff? Has, has the dynasty stuff calmed down a little bit? Yes. And no, no, not really. I'll say like, that's um, because like, you know, I just talked about like, they still have the most championship equity, right? Yeah. And so if they're the most likely to go to win this season, it's hard to be like, okay, maybe not. Um, they're still riding high off of that. Now, this three-game losing streak is, has has caused absolute panic. <laughs> Just panic in the streets. It's tough. It's tough to do that heading into the All-Star weekend because that's all. That's the only taste left in your mouth. It's like it's yep. like smoking a cigar, and you wake up hungover, and it's like it doesn't matter what you do. That cigar taste is in your mouth all day the next day. <laughs> Just imagine yep. that sitting there for three days. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's it's interesting. Um, it's, I, I I also like fire. There's like fire Mike Malone stuff and <laughs> uh, like just just people freak out. But I'll also just say this: like, um, I think there's still a lot of confidence that in any series, and this is pretty accurate, they're gonna have the best player. Yeah, and then they're gonna have the the best second player. Like it's just you look around, and it's really hard to find any series where that has a better number two than playoff, the Jamal two, you know, and that's like that there's still a lot of confidence there, even though Jamal's like having another typically like unimpressive regular season. His numbers are good. Just like mm-hmm. not crazy, uh, not an all-star, you know, not gonna be all NBA, but he's still good enough to kind of be in that discussion because of what he's done in the playoffs. So there's still a lot of confidence. They're going to have to lose in order like i mean this is pretty predictable is like they're gonna have to lose in order for i think the fans to believe they're going to especially after going 16 and 4 that Mm -hmm. that puts an air of like who could possibly stop us in their minds and like they do what what i think most fans do which is they take guys like peyton watson and christian brown and are just like they will just step up and fill the void because they are young players and all young players are good and all (laughs) old players are bad and so I'm trying to be like, you need to more, well, you need a little bit more veterans. Veterans are good to have on championship teams. Um, yeah. And so like, there's kind of that equation, but you're right that they're it's, they've come back to the pack a little bit, but it's also just like, it, it this is one of the things is um, I now judge teams in the playoffs based off of this question. 
do you have the answers for the problems you face? Do you have the mm. solutions to the different problems that you face in the playoffs? Because it's not like people think it's about like who's the best team. No, no, no. You need to be good. You can you yeah. can win just by being better. But if the teams are close enough, the problems that the other team presents can wind up scuttling you if you're a better team. The issue I think with fading Denver or having doubt in them is like they have so many answers. They just have so many different ways they can beat you. Oh, you're gonna double yoke. Okay, well they're gonna shoot 45% from three point range. Oh, okay, you're gonna stay home with shooters and make him score. Okay, well he's gonna drop 45 on you, and that just causes a lot of problems for trying to evaluate it. And one of the things I think is really interesting about the Lakers is like the Lakers feel very delicately held together, which is why I think their record is so poor when they're not healthy. Is like they need all of the things together in alignment in order to make things work. But when they do, it's like you said, if you play your best game, their best game looks really great. And that's why they won the IST was like, those yeah. were games where you got the Lakers best performance. The question is, if you face them seven times, can you figure out, can some of these teams like the wolves, will they be so shook that they'll get rattled right off the ba- gate and just fall apart? Pretty veteran group. Will the wolves? Will Chris Finch and the wolves find answers? That's like that's a, a real question here. Like the wolves have to be favored because they would be like the one or two seed, but the Lakers could hit them right out of the gate, and everyone's gonna think the wolves are done. But the wolves could also like get themselves back together. Um, yeah, the Lakers, and this is a part of it too. Is just like th- this. I do think is interesting. Is is if the Lakers are gonna pull this off, it's gonna be. It won't be like last year where they follow the script. There's gonna be like times of real panic i think in series because it's just gonna be really tough for them i think i think their path last year was really favorable it didn't look that way on the outside because you're like they faced the two seed and then they faced the warriors who had never lost a western conference blah 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 and it's true they deserve a lot of credit for that but like when we kind of like dig down i'm able to look at that and go like they got a good a good path for them yeah like we've seen what memphis became right yeah. like 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 memphis after that season just like completely imploded and oh, i think we're on the verge of it you know yeah. and so and then the warriors also the warriors have exactly um teams that that play a seven game series they win the next series like 30 percent of the time mm. and it's there's a little bit of like confirmation bias in that or selection bias too because it's like well if you play seven games versus an opponent you weren't definitely better so you're not as good if you're advancing right so there's a little bit of that but even then there's something that's playing seven games i think just takes it out of you i just think it it really wrecks these guys and makes it very hard for them to, to to pull back out and win again after they do that um so i think it's like an interesting question here of of how to look at now you could do this the same thing with the Nuggets. And I like I've done it. Like, no, the Nuggets got a really favorable path last year. This is what I've been yelling at Nuggets fans about all season. Is I'm like, but that's why you get the one seed. Like, yeah, you get the one seed and you had a really favorable path and you killed everyone. And that was awesome and great. And you get to feel awesome about it. Not gonna happen again. Gonna be harder. Like this Western Conference playoffs, I think it's just gonna be very hard for every single team. This is gonna be this yeah. is gonna be brutal for every <laughs> single team because everyone's just good enough and just close enough. To where I think it's going to be a real battle for seven games. I, I like I like the, the the little chuckle. Like that was such like a you know people who really like uh, horror movies yeah. get that chuckle right where it's like oh my god I'm going to see so much blood. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like that's what we're getting ready for in this Western Conference uh, playoffs. 
I also, uh, before we get you out of here, you did say you went to um, All-Star Weekend and, and mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we can't not talk about this. Um, I spent the last few hours uh, discussing internally how to fix the All-Star game. And I think I've come up with it. There are basically two options. Um, one, make it international versus American. And like, I'll just hope that regional pride is enough for, for everybody to like, or, or like for Jokic and Luca, like just squashing the Americans would be enough to, that, that, that like they care about it. The other one that I, I, I've, I've thought about, I think they need to shorten the game. They can't because of all the sponsorship money. I think they need to shorten the game and then add some whirls and twirls over the course of the game. So like, essentially you play a half, instead of a full game and you're hoping that they're in, in you give less time for it to become a blowout and then at the at the very end that's when you get to see guys the, the guys become actually competitive and then you can do like you can add horse into one of it and that takes up a quarter and you could do like a a two-on-two or a three-on-three type of a thing um and that takes up another quarter of it. And then you add it all together and that becomes the same event. But I, I, the more I think about it, I don't think that this all-star game as it currently exists and a full game of these guys playing against each other is salvageable. What did you, what have you thought about like the discourse on it? The last, you know, 72 hours or whatever it's been. Like with anything, there's a lot. There's just like a lot of discourse. It's too much. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, like I talk for a living. <laughs> it's what I do. And yet I'm even like, God, we just should all shut up sometimes. Like, we're not going to remember this in two weeks. It's fine. Um, I've never, I haven't enjoyed it in years. I think it's uh, a terrible product. I tweeted about this and then the thread got a little bit of attention on social about how this is the worst timing for it. The, we just watched a, an incredible Super Bowl with a come from behind victory in overtime. Yeah. And then like, okay, first, first weekend, what are we going to watch now? It's the all-star game. Yeah. And then four days off. And then like, like LeBron's going to show up 45 minutes before the game, (laughs) you know, and it's on the, the, my big thing is there's no, you can't, you can't fix it without the players. Like the players have to fix it. And that starts with somebody walking into that locker room and being like, heads up, I'm going for it. Yeah. Stop me. Like, I'm going to try and score 70 tonight. Stop me. Yeah. And getting, getting the other team being like, well, well, no, I mean, I'm not going to let you do that. And then, then we got something. My biggest idea is that I honestly think that a large part of it is the expectation is different. We go from competitive regular season basketball, which can be lame at sometimes, but we still have pretty good nights a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting ready for the playoff run. And then in the middle, we have just this weekend of uselessness. Um, if you go to All-Star Weekend and you go to events like Crossover, which is their big, it used to be called NBA Jam, but it's got booths from, lo- <clears throat> from local artists. It's got booths from places like Mitchell and Ness showcasing mm-hmm. stuff. It's got... Uh, a gigantic green starry court where where fans can go in and shoot hoops and win cases of starry, which is ridiculous, but they can also win like money that they, they, they've got booths where Starry's the- money laundering, money laundering, right? Like where do they get this <laughs> like giant, <laughs> where are it's they getting all this money? Used to be. So unless like, unless Pepsi Cola did on it, 
Um, sorry, money laundering, right? Um, they've got booths where fan, where the players will the all stars will come in, and you can stay and meet and meet your favorite players, and they'll sign autographs. Like Scotty Barnes is there. Um, like LeBron's not going to be there, but a lot of these all stars are going to be there, and that's really cool. And the kid walking in. There's like four different families that I'm like walking in next to, and the kids are just jumping up and down. They're so excited. Like one kid was like, I'm so excited. Mom, are you excited? And yeah. like that, that is very cool. There's these local exhibitions of like basketball art. They'll put up like rant. Like there was this place that just had all these different hoops with all the NBA logos on it outside. And people were just like shooting hoops on them. There's like, there's panels. They do these pa panels where people come in and they'll just have like conversations about like rookie life or about you know fashion in the nba stuff like that for those types of people there's obviously like the money that goes into it there's all sorts of corporate events that go on during this weekend it's actually like a really cool weekend to be at it's yeah. just that what they put on television is absolute sewage yeah. um and so i do think that to me the best idea actually is move it back you celebrate the previous season's all-stars in a preseason weekend before the next season and the nba will be like can't do that it's football okay then fucking hold it during the week like yeah figure figure it out do something figure it out i would and, do it the same weekend as the pro bowl like yeah. i would like the, the nobody cares yeah. about the pro bowl anyway so like you can if do you that do the same weekend of the pro bowl and then you give give, give guys super bowl week maybe you could do now I, I i don't know if if executives want to do the all-star or the trade deadline after the all-star break. Uh, don't. I think they, they move the off doesn't. of that. I think the teams do. I think the leagues don't. I think the league, the league ran into the problem of being like, oh, we had all-star weekend and all anybody wanted to talk about was trades. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, I kind of figure if you do it, if you do it pro bowl weekend, um, Saturday before the pro bowl, nothing is going on. So you still have that Saturday night to yourself. The pro bowl takes place during the day anyway. So you still have Sunday night to yourself. You have all of the next week if you want to give people a nice long break uh, before they get back to it. And then that Monday, you can do a big, you know, you could you could do your another version of Christmas where you line up all of your best games for the Monday yep. after the Super Bowl yep. and, 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 you, and you pick it up. Because like, yeah, like basically what, what has happened after the Super Bowl and what the, the showcase that the league has put on is shitty Sunday night, a bad... It, there was there was a highlight, right? The the Seth versus Sabrina thing was yep, really was fun. Great. I thought the three point yep. contest I thought was again really good. Show um, skills challenge sucked and the dunk contest sucked. Um, and then after that, after that weekend, you've had four days of everybody yelling at each other about the media landscape. You've had Doc Rivers giving. Now I I don't want ever want to stop Doc from talking. He has been incredible in, on this run that he's been on. But like you've had a, an actual pod war over Doc Rivers. And like, I don't think that is, I don't think that's how Adam Silver wants the league reintroduced to the, to the football market. No. Yeah. And that's the thing oh. is just like, um, I'm not saying you hide this weekend, but you need to move it back. You need to reshape it. The best thing, honestly, and I know that you're not a fan. The best thing, honestly, was if uh, last weekend was the end season tournament final. That would have been great. It's a marquee weekend. Everyone's like, oh, there's like finals on. Okay, cool. And then like yeah. people can get up for like one big game or a couple of big games a night. Like that to me makes quite a bit of sense. You could do the semifinals on a Friday and the final on a Sunday. 
Um, and that works pretty well. What's crazy too, here's what sucks is I've been telling everybody this, the next games start on Thursday. The next two weeks of basketball are going to be awesome <laughs> because you give the players just five days off. That's all they need is five days off from travel and getting need in the thigh and you know banged around and then traveling and then everything you give them five days off and they come back and it's like oh man these games are great like they're ready to go yeah and teams are like okay we got if we're gonna make a playoff push we gotta go now you know the western conference it's like look the nuggets are three games back of the one seed the, th the wolves are trying to kick everybody off the ladder like that what top of the western conference race is incredible you know, you got the Eastern Conference where it's like, okay, the Sixers are probably still going to be sliding for a while. We can get the two seed. Um, the Bucks are trying to get back into it. Like the only team cruising in the Eastern Conference is Boston, and everybody else is going to have to be pretty competitive for seeding and spots. These next two weeks are awesome, and they wasted the opportunity to showcase that. Like nobody will yeah. notice it because they're just like they're like say hello to the All Star Weekend, and it's you know I I will also I will kind of say this um, the fact that you heard the league spoke to the MBPA about it and the PA spoke to the players. You heard Dr. J, Andre Iguodala, uh, and Larry Bird come in the locker room to try and talk to these guys. Yeah. You have all of these people trying to be like, we really, for the good of the game, we really need you guys to try and make this competitive. And they laughed in the face of that. Like they laughed at yeah. everyone. Like they yeah. just chuckled at everyone wanting them to compete and then told the athletic, well, you're going to have to pay us more money. Just yeah. the unmitigated gall. I want to be very clear. A lot of the conversations that we have in, in online discourse about the NBA boils down to, are you with the players or are you with the billionaires? Yeah. And I will say this when the billionaires are wrong, I've called them out on it. Like in 2011, when I ripped them into shreds for six months on cbssports.com about the nonsensical crappy way they treated that lockout and what they did to the players. When right. they go too far, when they're, when they're ignorant to what the players need, the way that they treat things like the draft and the G league and, and all of these types of things. Yeah. They ignite. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. However, there's the players and then there's superstars. And the superstars in this league are continuously laughing at us. Yeah. And I do think it's fair to point that out from time to time. They're getting pretty close to being billionaires, Matt. <laughs> like, I know. Like, you, you, you consider... I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I, I understand how, like, Tyrese Halbert was talking about this on Reddick's podcast about how the 65 game limit and how the difference is like $50 million. And I'm never good. Gonna, I'm never going to make like i'm never gonna say i don't know what that looks like yeah right you know but my only thing i am kind of like is okay but like tyrese you're gonna make 300 million dollars in your career like you're mm -hmm. gonna make 300 million most of these guys are like so, like the superstars that you're talking about making it in a deal yeah in a yeah, singular deal yeah most of these guys are gonna wind up making like 800 million to a billion dollars yeah and i'm not saying they don't deserve it like i'm of the opinion I'm like oh. no like I, I understand how the world works. Like I accept that this is how the world works. And I know the work that they put into it to get there. And yeah. I want them to have it, but also like, it's not a travesty that you may not get the extra 50 million because you didn't play 65 games. It's just bad luck. Like right. when people are like, well, they can't compete. They might get hurt. 
John Wall tore his Achilles going down the stairs. Yeah. Chris Bosch had to retire because like his what heart was. Yeah. Like it was just, I, I the, the idea that like, cause I, I, I kept hearing that, that point, we can't have these guys compete that hard. Cause what happens if they get hurt in an exhibition? Paul George got hurt in an exhibition. He's made $500 million since. Like, the, the, with the way that guys recover and, and with the way that they aren't aging nowadays, they're still capable of making you know a, a decent living, I would say, um, if they happen to pull a hammy in one of these games. Like, I, I just, I look at I look at this stuff, and, and I think it's a generational thing, right? Like, I, I think it's, um, uh, you know, the, the, this next generation. Like, we, we came up, right? You and I, in, even in, in our own industry, we've done a lot of stuff for free, basically, right? We, we, you know, like when, when we were coming up and we were trying to, to build out this industry, we did a whole bunch of stuff that was essentially for free. And then it became too, like we were, we were barely paid for it. And then we got paid okay for it. And then people get laid off once people start getting paid okay for it, right? And it's like, um, and, and like we kind of understood that that's kind of how the world worked at that point. And I think generationally, the, 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 the next kind of generation is coming up. And I'm not even saying that they're necessarily wrong here, but they're basically saying all that extra stuff, we aren't doing it unless you pay us for it. And I well, think that's how these, that's how the, this, this next, you know, generation yeah. of NBA players are kind of looking at it too. It's like, yeah, um, we'll play in the all star game. But that's that's overtime, right? Like you're gonna pay us for playing in that overtime thing. And um, and I think generationally, the previous generation said, no, we will eventually be get paid by showcasing how good we are at this, and then the, the pie will continue to grow and we'll get paid indirectly from playing hard in the all-star right. game. And and I don't think that this this current crop of guys that are going to pick up the 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 baton after LeBron and after Steph and after KD or whatever. Like once this next group steps in, I'm really curious how that pie, what that pie looks like. Yeah, I, there's a lot of conversation about what that pie is going to look like with the media deal and everything else. A couple of things, like for me personally, I'll just say like, look, I, I was able to work, I was able to do the work for free early because of privilege. Like, oh, 100%. for sure, yeah. Like, that's yeah. that me is like I am fully accepting of the privilege that allowed absolutely me to do that and put me in position to be here. Privilege that these athletes did not have and do not mm -hmm. share. And the other thing I think is if you frame everything through the, through the dynamic, it gets translated into white owners versus, versus black people. And it's more like white owners versus black players is a, a better kind of dynamic to kind of showcase this. And that the players are their own like class of status because of their influence and power but yeah. the players were also using that very actively since the 2011 lockout to combat what has been decades and decades of ownership getting to set the terms. And yeah. so from that perspective, I understand it. Like I get it. LeBron oh, yeah. started this because LeBron's basically like, everything's going to be on my terms. I'm the money. Like I'm the product. I'm yep. the NBA. You know, it's like, it's me, not that he, that nobody else matters, just that like his recognition of his power and influence. And so it's used to combat that the all-star game is in some ways, just like it's collateral damage from that of, you know, the play, the owners take back the 2% that they got in, or the 4% rather in uh, 5%, sorry, it's 5% in the uh, BRI in 2011. 
And like the players respond to that pretty strongly and understandably so. And they yeah. built in all these mechanisms of, okay, you can only have max contracts. And they built in mechanisms of the second apron. And so if you're going to build all these ways to try and like the second apron is, um, they will talk they about how it's like even the playing field. But even I, as a small market advocate, no, 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 it's to control salaries. Yeah, it's like, a that's market. why it's designed. Mm-hmm. It's to disincentivize people from paying to to make everyone make a little bit less, so that they can, you know, oh well, I'll take a little bit less so I can play for this team that I want to compete with. Right, and that's how you suppress those salaries. So like these things are are complicated on multiple levels, but at the same like, so I think you have to be cognizant of this this broader political battle that kind of goes on inside totally. the NBA while also kind of realizing um, and the, the players do not do this while also kind of realizing the fans keep getting screwed. Yeah. And that's going to have consequences at some point. Um, yeah. If the NBA is an ecosystem, the fans are the earth, they're the soil. And if you poison that, it's going to be really hard to have a thriving ecosystem because eventually things are going to start dying off. Yeah, I, I agree with with all of that stuff. I would add to it that like, um, you know, you, you talk about you talk about like the, the players taking on more power organizationally. Right. And like LeBron kind of starting that. And I'm all for that. Like it is right that LeBron can dictate the terms on which he plays, because without LeBron, like LeBron is not just an ecosystem for the team he plays on. He's an ecosystem for the city he plays in. Right. Cleveland immediately becomes seven hundred dollars a year, seven hundred million dollars a year uh, richer across the city, um, just by way of him being there and, and the bar scene around the arena, right? And and he is right to say like, yeah, if I'm going to drive that kind of economy, I should get a piece of, if not the money, but at least the organizational power. Totally get it. The one thing I would say though is, as you assume that power, you don't want it to be like the Who song, right? Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, yeah. right? You don't you don't want to step in and immediately make the same mistakes that pissed off you in the first place, you know. And and yeah. and 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 I think uh, you know, and and the next group of people to get pissed on the, uh, pissed off by that behavior winds up being the fans. And like yeah. you're talking about, you poison the fan base, and then I don't know how um, you know how, how the the league operates and. and and there are questions that are beyond everybody's control, the TV deal and stuff like that. Like, we'll see what that looks like. But I thought that I, I, I've thought that last year and this year, it's one thing for the game to suck, but it's another thing for, for players to be like, you want it to get better? Give me an extra couple million bucks a year. When like the economy is in an absolute shithole for a whole bunch of people. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I could totally get behind that, Shay. And it was funny because last year, Shea put his name and face to it. And this year it was like league sources say the players with like, <laughs> with like a couple of, they saw the reaction to that. They are very aware of, of how fans took Shea saying that. And um, I, just, I, I really do. I, I just, I got to wonder though. I want to ask you this as a Lakers fan. Um, I talked about how one player is going to have to go in there and set the tone. Doesn't LeBron have to be that guy. And, uh, because I, I'll just say this, it felt different when Kobe was that guy walking into the room. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, Kobe never walked in at thirty nine. You know, we could probably point that out. Um, and like when Kobe was really walking into that room, and when he was really chasing it right, 
he was in his prime and he personally was pushing it. I thought Steph was really kind of interesting here, right? Where, where he was clearly like, there were two guys on the Western conference, fine, uh, Western, uh, Western conference team, uh, that broke a sweat. It was Carl Anthony towns and it was Steph Curry. I'm not kidding. That is a literal thing. Literal yeah. observation. Those are the only two people who sweat in that game. And, and, you know, I would think that Steph would carry a little bit more weight there given, how much attention he generates. And if he is going to approach it that way, nobody else approaching it that way from his team was, was kind of interesting. Um, But I, I, I think it kind of sort of has to be Jokic and he's not interested in that. And he's not interested in in any of the extracurricular stuff um, with the game. And if you have him and Luca as 40% of your starting five, and they're just out there fucking around. And that's the tone that gets set from the very beginning of the game. I don't know if even LeBron had he really tried because like LeBron at the very least was at least dunking hard, right? Like he was trying to get up. He had that one dunk from like a step inside the free throw line and he was actually getting out in transition and doing some stuff. Um, and, and like you looked at Jokic and you looked at Luca and, and they were like competing for who can care less about it. And I, I, I you know, I, I think that winds up setting a, lar- a louder tone than, than LeBron or Steph trying to say, oh, come on guys, we got to try a little bit here. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this goes. I am really curious to see how the rest of the season goes. And I really appreciate you, Matt, coming on here and talking about that second part of the season uh, with me again, check out his work at the action network. It's really good stuff. Download the app, read his, uh, read his stuff on there. I thought you did good stuff during the deadline as well and, and kept people, um, informed on on that front as well so i appreciated that um as a reader and uh, anything else that uh you want to plug before we get you out of here uh buckets daily betting podcast uh you gotta you gotta do a daily if you want to cover the nba and if you want to bet the nba you want to check out buckets uh commentary analysis we do futures on mondays and fridays so this big picture look at the league excited for that so make sure to check out buckets as well people forget matt moore is a bucket you know people people just forget it all the time and we got to remind them I'm not the anti-bucket. Let's be real. I'm like the opposite of, of, I'm like the, the fundamental bounce pass. That's like, that's more of what I am. The game was always, and always has been about a fundamental bounce pass. So you're the, you're the defensive rotation. That's yeah. I'm the solid defensive rotation. We get scored on anyway. That's somehow. I don't think, I don't think that that name would, would traffic very well. (laughs) Not not great for marketing. Thanks. Thanks very much, man. Uh, Always, always fun. Uh, tomorrow we are not going to do the show in the afternoon with Aaron, the Lakers play his childhood team, the warriors. So he and I are going to talk, um, after the game here in the lounge live. So you're going to want to check that out when it happens until then, until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Matt Moore. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. I'll talk to you tomorrow.